Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Speaking Out for the Blind, I'm Brian McCallan. The website called PR.com reports that the organization known as Carroll Center for the Blind has published a new digital book. The publication was authored by technology instructor David Kingsbury. The new book is titled, When One Web Browser is Not Enough, a guide for Windows screen reader users. I believe that the new book is a much needed and timely resource for blind and visually impaired Windows narrator, NVDA, and JAWS users who surf the internet. We all want to get the best experience with using web browsers, and this book might help you. The author, David Kingsbury, joins us to talk about the book. Hi, David. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I am fine. So tell us about the Carroll Center for the Blind. I understand that you're out of Newton, Massachusetts. Yep. Well, the Carroll Center uh, is, as you said, in Newton, Massachusetts, just a few miles outside of uh, Boston. And uh, the main thing we do at the Carroll Center, it is um, uh, rehabilitation uh, for people who have become blind, many in, in midlife, although it's not exclusively that. We really deal with the gamut of people. So it's not a school, but again, it's a rehabilitation uh, training organization. So we do a lot of, uh, you know, independent living training, which, you know, includes uh, orientation and mobility, uh, personal management around the house, uh, technology, of course, and, uh, and Braille. And it's a residential um, center, although, of course, uh, things have been quite topsy-turvy since uh, the coronavirus came. Um, but that's, uh, that's what we do. And we have a technology department, which is where I work. And there we do intensive training. So we have independent living, uh, an independent living program, as I said, for people who are sort of initially adjusting to blindness. But then we also do intensive technology training. And that is what I do. All right. So you, so you train them on the latest technology. That must include JAWS, how to even just use the computer, how to use the those braille notes uh yeah things like that you know primarily you know jaws with uh with microsoft office web browsing and the like um also you know low vision so that could be zoom text or fusion we do we do a lot of um iphone training iphone ipad training also so let's talk about your new book when one web browser is not enough a guide for windows screen reader users how did you decide to write this book? Well, um, as I'm sure you know, there's been a lot of um, change in terms of um, availability of accessible, accessible web browsers in the last few years. You know, for many years, uh, at least you know, in the Windows environment, uh, you had the choice of Internet Explorer or Firefox, and that was pretty much it. But uh, three years ago in 2017, Google Chrome uh, became accessible, even though it had been around for, I think, nearly 10 years at that time. It never actually became accessible for uh, screen reader users until 2017. In addition, 
Uh, Microsoft Edge first came out in 2015 when Windows 10 was first introduced, but it was not initially accessible. It did become accessible also in 2017, not a really great version, uh, but perhaps again, as you know, in January of this year, a new version of Edge came out. So we went from uh, two web browser possibilities to four. And for me, you know, I scratched my head because I was thinking, you know, how, how do we want to deal with that? You know, you've got all these extra choices. So do you sort of want to go with just one, know, you know, get to know it well, whichever one that is? Um, or do you want to get to know a number of the browsers? Uh, so in other words, using a multiple browser approach. And I came down in favor after, you know, doing the researching and grinding through the book uh, in favor of a multiple uh, browser approach. So, you know, there was initially because, you know, we sort of had a, a major change in availability and I just sort of wanted to sort that out, one for myself, two to also figure out, you know, how I'm going to present that to my students. And, you know, I also thought it would be an interesting topic for a, a book potentially. I think it is a very interesting one because it offers this understandable overview of the current trends in the screen reader usage and the web browsing along with the screen reader reader uh, keystrokes you got to make and website accessibility and even the strategies for effectively accessing and navigating any website a blind person wants to go to. Can you explain some of these things a bit to our listeners? Again, one thing, uh, one reason why I thought a multiple browser approach um, made sense was, among other things, um, it's really easy. The, the learning curve for dealing with multiple browsers is not at all um, steep because there are many, uh, many keystrokes that are the same. You know, if you are, if you've been using Internet Explorer for years, and you know, uh, using standard navigation keystroke like H for headings and insert F7 for links list, none of that stuff changes uh, when you go to any of the other browsers. And there are also a lot of universal keystrokes um, amongst the browsers like Control H uh, to go to your history, um, Control D to create a favorite or um, a bookmark. So. Um, for various reasons, you know, I thought this was, um, you know, that's one reason to go to multiple browsers. And then also, you know, you simply have um, each browser has its strengths, each browser has its weaknesses. And the more you're familiar with multiple browsers, you know, the more you can capitalize or benefit from the strengths of a particular browser, as well as uh, avoid the, uh, the weaknesses. So, you know, one thing I do, you know, I go through, you know, uh, the keystrokes that you use, you know, that would be review. Some of that may be review for a lot of people. Um, but then I also go through sort of the, the strategies a bit of when you're going to a new website, um, you know, how do you sort of, how do you use these keystrokes sort of as a toolkit uh, to discover the website? So uh, I go through, you know, uh, those, those types of strategies. And, you know, again, some websites, as you know, are very easy to navigate. Others are much more difficult to navigate or sometimes even impossible because whoever developed the website has not taken accessibility um, into account as much as they should have. Yeah, you even mentioned that websites, they're complex animals. Why they certainly is that are. the case? I mean, 
We're also curious as to if you're referring to human animals or those that are beasts. <laughs> well, you know, these are figurative animals, of course. But um, again, you know, some websites are difficult to navigate or can be difficult to navigate, not necessarily because they're inaccessible, but because they're complex, because there's a lot of choice. For example, you know, let's take an example, Amazon. Amazon is fully accessible as far as I'm concerned, but it's not necessarily that easy to navigate simply because there are so many choices. Um, you know, you, uh, way back in the day, you know, you bought, you bought like a book, okay? But now you can buy a new book, a used book, a book from a third party, this, that, or the other thing. And so you have to, can be quite complex to select it, but still fully accessible. And then you have to go through the whole uh, rest of the process of, uh, of, um, of paying for it, putting in your shipping information and so on. So, you know, some websites are just very simple because there's not a whole, you know, uh, a whole lot of information on them. And so, you know, they're different just because there's just so much variety out there, but then there's also, um, different degrees to which those who've developed um, those websites have taken accessibility into account. So, you know, it's it's always been challenging. It's still challenging, and you know, it will continue be to be challenging, and unfortunately, sometimes frustrating. We've all had those experiences. And also, some things may go go wrong with Firefox, and you have to switch to another browser, such as Safari. In your book, right. learn about these weaknesses and strengths of these popular web browsers. And we're going to probably find the best browsing experience for us, right? Um, well, one would hope. Again, um, I used in the book that experience of, of Firefox, you know, three years ago, um, Firefox suddenly became inaccessible. And this is a situation where if you were completely dependent on a single browser, in that case, Firefox, um, you were really messed up until a workaround was eventually found. But if you had the flexibility at that time, really Internet Explorer was your, your only other choice. If you could temporarily move to that one, then you were, you were sort of, you were inconvenienced, but it wasn't like this disaster. So, you know, with technology, you, if you can avoid it, uh, you never want to put all your eggs in a single basket. So that, that's another reason. Um, to be comfortable with more than one web browser because you never know what disaster is going to hit. You, ne you never know what can happen, even, even any goofy errors that could come. So why is the need for effectively using different web browsers much more important than ever? Um, I don't know if it's a, more important than ever. I think um, it's just now that you have more choice, um, it's, something, it's something worth thinking about. Um, but again, you know, reasons why, why one should use multiple browsers. Another reason is that, um, you know, websites misbehave. You go to a website, let us say with, um, with Google Chrome and, um, you hit enter on a link and nothing happens or, or a button or something like that, or button is unlabeled or some other problem. And, one of your first lines of defense is to try that same website with a different browser and you might have a different experience. You know, you might not, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's again, sort of um, one troubleshooting method just to, uh, 
just to lower your chances that you're going to be completely blocked. You know, I had a client once. Uh, she was an avid birder, you know, a bird, well, not bird watching, but listening to birds. Um, and she had a website that she would go to with Google Chrome, and she simply could not make it work. So I said, okay, well, let's just try it with Firefox. And to both of our surprise, I didn't expect this to work so nicely and neatly. It worked perfectly with Firefox. So, you know, that's a case where um, she was completely blocked if she was just using a single browser. And then when she tried another one, it worked extremely well. So, you know, there are a lot of examples out there. You probably have run into that too. And so again, that is also another reason why a multiple browser approach is a good one. It's very simple and people are relying on the websites for everything from banking to just entertainment. Now, I'm a Mac user and I have some listeners who are Mac users. We have to ask this question for all of us Mac users out there. Any advice for browsing the web? I do not use a Mac, so I'm, you know, I'm pretty pretty ignorant on that. Um, I don't even know how many extra browsers you have beyond Safari and so on. But, you know, if you have several browsers that you can use, um, I'm sure it would be the same thing. Um, use, use multiple browsers. Uh, but I am not a Mac user, so I can't really give you very much sage advice on that, I'm afraid. Even though you may not be a Mac user, do you think a Mac version of your book will ever be published? Uh, not by me, <laughs> simply because... I, I'm just not a Mac user, so um, maybe that is a good book for somebody to write. But uh, that, unfortunately, that wouldn't that wouldn't be me. Mm -hmm. Understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, sorry to our Mac users out there. This book is really for the Windows people. <laughs> so, what have people said about your book? Anybody said anything anything good about it so far? Anything that needs improvement, perhaps? Well, you know, I've done I've done a few other podcast interviews, and people have generally, uh, you know, said nice things about it. Uh, easy to navigate, you know, step by step um, uh, instructions. People sort of thought that was clear. Um, one one challenge I had, and this you know, this you know relates to comments people sometimes have, is that. Um, when I decided to write a book about navigating the web, um, it was really very challenging to try to figure out when do I stop writing because it's such a vast topic. So inevitably, you know, there, there'll be things that aren't in there that maybe some people would have liked to have, have seen. Um, one thing that maybe I could have talked a little bit more about was um, security. You know, I talk about security a little bit, um, but of course that could be a whole other book, um, security on the web. Um, and again, maybe one or two other things that um, I could have maybe added, but of course, maybe, you know, a few years down the road, I'll do a, a second version of it and, and add some of those things. But people have generally been um, quite positive. That's good. Um, where, where can our listeners buy the book? Uh, the book is available on the Carroll Center website. We have a, uh, uh, a place called the Carroll Store. We actually have a store at the Carroll Center that has um, um, 
equipment and devices for uh, blind and visually impaired uh, people. Uh, so you can get it, you can download it for $20. It's, and the website is www.carol.org, and that is C-A-R-R-O-L-L dot O-R-G. And when you get to the homepage there, you can do, uh, you can go to the link for shop, S-H-O-P, uh, and hit enter there, and there one can see it. And it is, uh, again, it's $20, uh, and that's a download as a Word file. We're working on actually uh, also creating a BRF file, a downloadable Braille file that people could use on uh, refreshable Braille displays, or if you know, they had their own embosser, they could actually print it. Uh, so for the moment, it's available in Word, but we're hoping to also make it available in that other uh, format. Um, does the Carroll Center publish any other special, has the Carroll Center ever published any other special books? Well, actually, we haven't. This is only really the second book that we've published, but then the first one, the one before that was just two months before. And a colleague of mine named Heather Thomas uh, wrote a book called Getting Started with uh, uh, with Zoom or getting started with, uh, with Zoom meetings. I forget the exact title. And of course that was extremely, is an extremely topical uh, topic because you know, everybody's using Zoom these days. Uh, so she put out a book and that came out in, uh, in early June and also, you know, available uh, at the same site. Uh, that's for uh, $18. That's available in Word and PDF. You can get both a Word and a PDF uh, file. That may also maybe be available a little later in BRF. We're not sure about that. Um, but you know, the, the Carroll Center is, you know, we are first and foremost a training organization. So so doing books is um, is is rather something new for us. Maybe we'll do more. I hope we'll do more. Um, but um, we're not a press. We are a, a training organization, first and foremost. So carol.org is the Carol Center's website where you could purchase the book. Um, how might they get in touch with you if they just need any extra help? Um, easiest would be to email me. And my email address is uh, david.kingsbury at carol.org. So that is D-A-V-I-D dot K-I-N-G-S-B-U-R-Y at C-A-R-R-O-L-L dot O-R-G. All right. Anything, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I can't think of anything right off the bat. I'm sure I'll think of something after we're, uh, after we're finished. I guess I could add that um, one thing that I've purposely done is I've made it so that it's very easy to navigate the book. So if you are you know, a word user, uh, with a PC, you can navigate very easily in there using uh, using headings. Um, so, um, and how exactly you do that—that's that's described in the book. So, it, again, I had the idea I wanted this to be a reference. So, you want to be able to quickly find things, and you can do that by navigating with uh, headings. There's also uh, at the end, there's a couple of appendices. There's an appendix with a list of keystrokes. And then there is also a glossary with internet terms. I think I've got over 50 terms on uh, uh, 
for internet terms. So if you ever want to know what a, what a cookie was or a first party cookie or a third party cookie or something, it's, it's in there. David, we hope that your new book will help make the blind and visually impaired web browsing experience more memorable, informative, and enjoyable. Thanks so much for, join, for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me, Brian. Take care. Take care. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at acbradio.org slash SOFTB. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Have you heard? There's a new show on ACB Radio Interactive. This is Jason Castingway inviting you to join me on Artfelt. I will be bringing music to you that stands out, pieces that fill the heart and rouse the body, from symphonies that ring to songs that swing to harmonies that zing. I can make my most fantastic most fantastic dreams come true. And everything in between. My goal is to take you on a musical safari, leaving you with the satisfaction of a journey well spent. So tune in to ACB Radio Interactive for Artfelt every Tuesday evening from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. For this is where music echoes the thoughts of the soul. from ACB's Executive Director, Eric Bridges. Well, hello. This is Eric Bridges, and I have the privilege of working with a really talented team in our national office in Alexandria, but also in Minneapolis, and I have the honor of working for a really passionate, dedicated board of directors that is looking to re-envision how ACB Radio comes to you, as well as the content. So... I am excited for the future of ACB Radio, and thank you all for listening. You are listening to ACB.